So the big question is this, how are entrepreneurs like us, who don't cheat and manipulate people, who are spending money from our own pockets, how do we market in a way that lets us get our products and services and the things we believe in out to the world and yet still remain profitable? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Michael Abdo. And I'm your other host, Tim Van Milligan, and you're listening to the Customer Secrets Podcast. On today's episode, I want to do a little comparison. I want to compare what Amazon is doing versus what a face-to-face salesperson might do. As we know, the world is moving online. That's undisputable. Um, Amazon is just crushing it. They're killing brick and mortar stores all over the country. Every year you hear how online sales are growing and how brick and mortar retailers are struggling. The question is why? What makes online sales more appealing to customers than going to a brick and mortar store? Now, I wanna make a couple of observations here. What an online retailer, like an AI, is doing versus what a real salesperson is doing. Now, these are kind of counterintuitive but I want to put it out there and let you decide and let you kind of think it over and determine whether or not you want to start implementing a new strategy, more of the AI strategy. And actually this is the personality marketing strategy where we're getting into the psychometrics of the customer and what the customer wants and not just what a customer wants, but what a specific customer wants, a person that is unique and that has a specific personality temperament because that's where AI is going. People always ask, does personality marketing work? And the answer is yes, it's being used every day by AI. What personality marketing is It's the platinum rule. I'm sure you remember the golden rule. The golden rule is do unto others as you wish them to do to you. And if you follow the golden rule, you'll be fairly successful in business. But if you wanna be really successful in business, you follow the platinum rule. And it's a little bit different, you know, and I'm sure you've heard of it. The platinum rule says do unto others as they wish they would have done unto them. In other words, feed them what they want to eat. And that's what AI is doing. A classic example is the AI bot that runs YouTube. Now, if you go to YouTube right now and just open it up on your browser, it displays all the choices that you could watch. But these choices aren't random choices. They're choices that are specific to you and to your preferences and tastes. For example, 
Um, I like listening to 80s music because I, you know, went to high school and college in the 1980s. So that music is ingrained in me because it's emotional because of that time when I was growing up. So when I go to YouTube and I want to listen to music, you know, I'll type in an 80s personality, maybe like Peter Gabriel, and then all of a sudden my list of preferences that I can choose from is not only Peter Gabriel, but, but singers like him. And they're all from the 80s. They're not from the 90s, they're from the 80s. And so what YouTube is doing is feeding me the things that it thinks that I want. And that's working. And we need, to, and that's the first observation is, you know, feed what people want. Now, the, the other two observations that I want to make is what YouTube doesn't do. And this goes against what salespeople are taught. And salespeople are taught to ask questions. What is it about questions that drive people away from brick and mortar stores and towards YouTube and to online stores, for example? This has never been talked about in, in a negative connotation way. Questions are a tool. And every tool has a positive aspect to it and a negative aspect to it. And, and when we talk about asking customers questions, it's always from a positive perspective. You know, what we're gonna get out of it. But at the same time, it has some negative connotations to it. And those are the things that nobody talks about. So what's the positive result of asking questions? And the positive thing is that questions force engagement. When you ask a question, your brain has to come up with an answer to it. And so when you ask a customer a question, you force engagement. You are forcing them to respond. You know, when, when a salesperson calls you up on the phone and the first question out of their mouth is, how are you doing today? And your brain is forced to come up with a response. You know, when I hear the question, I'm thinking, hey, do I want to really stomp on this person or do I just want to just get them out of my hair as fast as possible by appeasing them? So if I want to just appease them saying, oh, my day is going fine, blah, blah, blah. Or I could stomp on them and say, hey, I'm busy. That's how my day's going. By forcing engagement, you are forcing the customer to interact with you. I think, and this is an observation, I think that customers don't want to be forced into a response, and which is why they're going online to places like Amazon, where they're not asked questions. I think the second thing about asking questions is it's very similar to how people say that sales have changed today than it has in the past. You know, what they say about that is that customers are more informed today than ever before. Um, they have available a lot of information that they can use to make a decision about purchasing a product. So when a customer comes to you, they already know a lot about your product. Similar to that is questions. Customers know today that salespeople are trained to ask questions. Here's the thing, 
The person asking the questions is the salesperson. And I think customers know that. So when they hear a question, they know that somebody is trying to sell them something. Let me say that again. The person asking the questions is the salesperson. People like to buy, but they don't like to be sold to. So when you ask a question, you're trying to sell to them. And I think that is one of the big reasons why people, again, go online to where they're not asked questions and where they can just look for information. And why do salespeople ask questions? I think one of the reasons is to understand what the customer's problem is so that they can solve it. And that's a good reason for asking questions. But another reason salespeople ask questions is to guide the conversation in a specific direction. It's kind of like painting the customer into a corner. For example, they might say, hey, what do you value or what do you look for when you're buying a car? And the, the customer might say, I'll, I value efficiency. Okay, so now the salesperson is gonna paint the customer into a corner and force them to buy a car because if they don't, it's gonna cause an emotional reaction called shame. So for example, if, once you find out the customer wants an efficient car, you start showing them cars that are efficient. But then the, the salesperson might say, you said you wanted to buy an efficient car. This is an efficient car. Let's sign the contract today. What do you say? So what they've done there is they paint the customer into a corner. Because if the customer says no, now all of a sudden they've got this discontinuity going on. Um, it's called cognitive dissonance. They said one thing and their actions are gonna be another. And that isn't allowed in the brain. They have to say, yes, okay, I gotta sign the car. But now they got buyer's remorse and they're gonna bring the car back. So you never wanna paint your customer in a corner. And I know that customers know this. So when you're asking a question to them, they know that you're the salesperson and you're trying to sell them something. So again, this is one of those negative aspects of asking questions. There are two questions that personally I hate receiving as a customer. And this is one of those things that drives me online away from in-person salespeople. The first one is the qualifying question. The qualifying question is meant to find out how much I'm worth to them. So, you know, you might go to somebody that does advertising online and you want help with your advertising. And the first question that they ask you is how much are you willing to spend on your marketing budget? Why do they ask this question? Because they get a commission on advertising spend. For example, they might make a 15% commission for every dollar you spend, they get 15 cents. Or if you spend $100, they get $15 in service fees. But from my perspective as a customer, I want to spend as little as possible on advertising. And so they're trying to drive me into a higher bracket, you know, trying to cost me more money. And I'm trying to avoid paying that. And so this type of question just makes me feel, feel inferior, uh, that I'm not worth their time. 
And if you make your customers feel this way, of course they're gonna go online. The second type of question is the question that is embarrassing to answer. For example, in the same situation in marketing, they might ask you, what are you currently spending? And what are the results of that? Now, answering that question makes you feel bad, doesn't it? Because whatever you're spending, you wouldn't be in front of them if your advertising was really successful. You wouldn't need them. So the fact that you've come to them already signifies you know, that you are kind of groveling anyway. So they don't need to rub it in by asking you how much you've already spent. It should be a foregone conclusion that whatever you spend is not working for you. So to kind of wrap this up, I'm not saying that questions are bad. I'm just saying that we have to ask them judiciously. We have to be very careful on the questions we ask, and more importantly, when we ask them. I think you should try this as an experiment. And you could probably make a game out of this. The game is you're not allowed to ask a question unless they ask one first. So when you call a person up on the phone, you can't ask, how's your day going? The customer has to ask the question first because they remember, the first person to ask the question is the salesperson and you want the customer to sell themselves. And the second part of the experiment is to see how long you can go before you have to ask your first question. See if you can get the customer to ask two questions before you ask your first one, or maybe three questions before you ask your first one. The longer you can go without asking a question means that they are the salesperson and they're selling themselves on whatever you're selling to them. So that has been my first counterintuitive observation that I've made about bots and how they're different from real live salespeople. And remember, the bots are killing it right now. So what we're doing might not be the optimal thing that customers want. And so our next one, which we'll talk about in our next episode, is about another thing that salespeople do that bots don't do, and that's telling stories. So we'll wait for that one until next time, and I'll let you think about it. So in the meantime, my name is Tim Van Milligan, and you've been listening to the Customer Secret Podcast. Our website is customersecrets.com, or you can join us on our Facebook group, which is Personality Marketers. And until the next time, have a great week.